0: And welcome back, everybody. We are here and now with the Thursday Night Hammer. I am one of your hosts, Michael Scully, joined here by Nick Grohl. How are you doing today,
1: Nick? We're doing all right, man. We're doing all right. How are you doing?
0: I'm stellar. You know, it's been a bit of a rainy day. and Now the sun's coming out by me, so I can't really complain too much. But we do have a good Thursday night game to get into. But before we do that, we definitely have had a lot of... Uh, A lot of of takeaways from the weekend that are mostly concerning, in a way, of usage. Guys like ETN taking in that RB dead zone. Derrick Henry taking the first round. Tampa, a whole bunch of big names there that are all of a sudden really not panning out with fantasy, and we are not starting to get a little bit concerned in some ways, or maybe not. We're going to talk about that all on this show. Uh, Before we get into that, just want to give a shout-out, of course, for Frequency's sake. you're watching it right now, make sure you're following on Twitter as well as YouTube. Subscribe. Turn notifications on. Ton of amazing podcasts coming every single week. So, Nick, we got a lot of lot of lines here, a lot of a lot of headlines before we get to the Thursday night game. Which one do you want to pull up first?
1: Let's talk about that uh, uh, Miami um, Baltimore game because that that was a wild one. Took some people by surprise. Almost won me a lot of money in DFS, but uh, it's really hard to win a tournament in uh, DFS. But uh, is Tua for real? In your opinion, what are you thinking about Tua right now? I have I I think that
0: <laughs> Tua is a perfect fit for what Mike B. Daniels wants to do. And I've been a Tua fan in the sense that I always thought it was dumb to write him off because he had a horrific hip injury. And he comes out, he's not great coming off the horrific hip injury. And then you add Tyreek, you add Waddle, and it just felt like such a perfect breakout situation that I don't know if Tua is going to be the long-term I don't know if I, if they make the playoffs I think they're an e- they could be a one and done easily especially with that defense but offensively the pieces are there and when may, they make all these moves I like to ride this out because it just it's a breakout that just makes sense to me and Buffalo's gonna be a real test this week
1: yeah so I think um I'm tempering expectations a little bit in terms of Tua as an individual player um but Tua in this Mike McDaniel system with Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddell is definitely something I'm interested in. I think they're kind of clicking. I think uh, Mike McDaniel is a sharp guy. Uh, What if, what if it was Mike McDaniel all along and and not Kyle Shanahan? I saw that take today. Um, But yeah, this guy's smart. He went to (laughs) Yale. uh, Seems like a pretty sharp guy. Um, Their pass rate over expectation is tops in the league and uh, just, from, from a numbers perspective, passing is a more efficient play than a run play. Um, they don't really have, like, like any all-star running backs, but they have two just absolutely freak wide receivers, and it was really fun. I think we're going to see lots of Tua double stacks uh, uh, go off this year in DFS. And um, what's up, Deej? And, uh, yeah, I, some things to point out about Tua is, like, the numbers still don't look good in terms of, like, hit, what what efficiency metrics we can boil down to the player only. Um, I mean, and then on the field, I'm sure you see like, he's underthrowing Tyreek, he's underthrowing Waddle. Um, he is, doesn't have Josh Allen, like arm strength. So I, to uh, the prospect, it's great for now. Um, he's very, I think he's just going to be a player that's very sensitive to his surroundings. Um, but it's good to see him take a step forward. I know I kind of sound like a Tua hater right now, but, um, I definitely wasn't as low on people uh, on him as he was, but nothing's changed about two of the players. The main point I want to make. But what has changed is the the dolphins are a good football team. Um, on both sides of the ball, actually, Uh, both
0: sides of the ball. I I still have questions about that defense. That defense just uh, allowing a lot of yards and a lot of completions over this. That take
1: is, (laughs) I need to, I need to walk that one back. That take is based (laughs) mostly on the fact that I played them in week one and they scored like 20 points. Um, I, I, yeah, they got sure. they got kind of boat raced a little bit by the Ravens. Um, yeah. The it, Ravens it, it, defense it, is also not bad. They've, they're very beat up right now. And also, we're exhausted from chasing Tyreek and Waddle around, which every team is going to be exhausted. But, but yeah.
0: And I do think, if we're talking defensively, I think Jalen Phillips is in for a big day at some point on the IDP front or just the NFL front for that. Uh, you know, uh, entering a second year right now. So yeah, I'll yeah, plug it for league. you. Check
1: out IDP guys. Uh, <laughs> this guy, Mike Sicoli is over there at IDP guys. I don't play IDP personally, but if you're one of the, uh, the, the people that do, you definitely need to be, um, you know what? I I keep pausing when I talk about IDP people, I want to call <laughs> you sickos. Is that appropriate? Are people ah, that play sure. IDP sickos?
0: Why not? I feel like we're all sickos in this community, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as soon as you go over to like Sleeper and you move away from the generic ESPNs and Yahoos, I think you lose a bit of your soul a little bit. You donate it to yeah, the NFL that's gods. Interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I'm um, all for it. It's a trade I'm willing to make and would make again. But uh, yeah, double the football, double the fun. That's what I like to say. All um, right. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, there's some cool uh, athletes on the uh, on the other side of the ball there. Oh, but yeah. anyway, a little bit of an IDP plug for the people. Um, you want to go to the other uh, uh, Florida team and talk about Travis Etienne? Uh, what's going on?
0: Yeah, so Travis Etienne, a very popular t- uh, player, being taken in the third, fourth rounds this year, especially by me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide from my take. I was taking him everywhere, and it's not feeling great right now, ladies and gentlemen, because I was not anticipating James Robinson being the world's biggest outlier of Achilles injury returns, and Travis Etienne is splitting time now. And if he was getting more receiving work, I'd be fine with it. He's hovering around three targets a game. I'm not panicking on Etienne. I'm not selling because I don't think the value is there right now, and I do think he's still a good player. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit him if I have other options. I'm going to try to find other options. I don't want to play him against the Chargers this week, personally.
1: Yeah. People want Travis Etienne to be something that he's not right now. And he's just not like step first day steps on the field, healthy, like a, electric player. Like he just isn't beating James Robinson out. And like that, that seems weird to us. James Robinson was undrafted free agent. Uh, you also have to think like, this is a weird situation with in between like James Robinson was, uh, was with one regime, right? Yep. They draft Travis Etienne after James Robinson has the breakout rookie year as like the undrafted free agent. Yep. Urban Meyer comes in and drafts ETN, and that was a head scratcher at the time. Um, because why you're the Jags, you need so much help. You're running back in the first round is a luxury pick. And and it's it's just not something they they have the uh, luxury to do. Anyway, so two regimes, two different running backs, new regime, a third regime here is not tied to either one. So they're just playing the better running back. And James Robinson's better in the in the run game and the pass game. Period.
0: He just did. This was, I, I. I won't. I won't admit that in the passing game just yet. But I will. I, I'll, I'll say this, and it's something I weighed in the, in the preseason obviously, and it's something that I erred on the side of, the upside versus this concern. But Doug Peterson, this is such a Doug Peterson split, like this. We've seen this before. We saw this in Philadelphia, yeah. where two guys they can work and they could really produce for an NFL team, and the Eagles could get a rushing attack going but it's not one. And if it is, then it's not the same thing the next week. And all of a sudden you see Boston Scott pulling up. And if the, the weeks are going to be a little bit hit and miss for a team that isn't going to be frequenting the red zone enough. And I do think that the Jaguars are a much better team this year than we have had in three years, at least. I think this offense is a better unit. I think it's a better mm-hmm. coach team than we've had. So all that contributes to a, better surrounding for etn and james Robinson subsequently but they're just going to eat into each other's value and it's going to be hard to to pick a week and I, I still like what i see from etn when he touches the ball especially week one yeah. i thought he was really efficient with his touches but it's i don't this was a concern of mine and when i see that validated i you have to adjust and yeah yeah i i think
1: i i, I, I want to be I'm to be wrong about ETN at this point for a week. You know, like I'll, exactly. I'll be off of him and then he'll go off. Like I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because there's, there's a solid chance that that never happens this season, right? I'll say, I won't say it never happens. Period. But there's a chance it just doesn't happen this year um, without a James Robinson injury. Uh, I think like, like right now, like I know, I know, no one wants to admit this, but like Travis Etienne is basically like a, a JD McKissick plus.
0: We are so on the same wavelength because yeah. as sad as it is, that is
1: exactly what was going through my head
0: of like, yeah. if JD McKissick's probably on my wire, and he's probably going to do exactly what McKissick's going to do. It's just, yeah. He's going to get three to six carries. ETM maybe gets a couple more, but McKissick gets a couple mm. more catches, neither will probably find the end zone because they're yeah. splitting it with other guys that get the red zone work on offenses that, the Washington's strolling down the field, but weaker matchups, we'll see if that continues. Yeah. I heard some tape and, guys
1: talk about how like James Robinson just hits the interior hole better, whereas ETN just good. wants to bounce it wants to bounce it outside. Like if that like if if he can't become that running back, like he's JD McKissick, Naheem Hines, like maybe with a little more juice, you know what I mean? Because like but but still, like that's just we, we might yeah. need to adjust to what what Travis Etienne's ceiling is until we see him do some stuff that he hasn't done yet. And it's early; it's really early on in his career. Um, but yeah, and, I mean, he's in that running back dead zone. Like, when are we going to learn? Basically, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, 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 we're I, always yeah. like we, we have this dead zone, and but we can always make an exception for some of these young guys, and and we talk ourselves into it. And it's just it's just a roller coaster, and uh, they're not a, there's not as many peaks as there are valleys, unfortunately. Um, speaking of peaks and valleys. <laughs> What a segue, huh? Tell me about Derrick Henry. Are we uh, <laughs> oh pressing goodness. the panic button on him?
0: Well, I don't know if we've even seen the peak this season. So I, I like we just had the Valley where he rushed for 89 inefficient yards in week one. He was completely stifled on Monday night football this past week at two of 25 yards. If he doesn't punch that touchdown in, we're talking about him all week as a guy that just put up one point and then got outplayed by Hassan Haskins, who was playing against, I guess, backups. But it's, uh, yes, I've been I've been off of Derrick Henry all offseason because he's the type of guy. I'm, I view Derrick Henry, this might be hot, I view them like Zeke in a way that I don't know if he's still the player he was. And if he's not, the team is not going to get him the ball. And I guess it's not exactly the perfect comp, but if Derrick Henry is not what Derrick Henry was, the Titans can't move the ball. They've already got yeah. rid of the only way they can move out the ball in D.J. Brown. And they refuse to give Traylon Burks the the ball or let him run routes. So the Titans will exist on their own end of the field. And if Derrick Henry is not able to get them there single-handedly, like he's done a year past sometimes, there's nothing there. It's an early down back with little touchdown upside.
1: So Derrick Henry, the last two years, even before he got hurt last year, um, I'll I'll offer a little bit of uh, comfort to the Derrick Henry drafters out there. But we need to say, I, I like, I was not recommending anybody draft him yeah. um, in any preseason stuff that I did. But anyway, um, Derrick Henry, remember, does kind of get get going in the cold winter months, right? That's yeah. kind of when that he's true. The, the Titans in general tend to improve as the season goes on. I think that has a lot to do with Mike Vrabel's coaching style, which seems to work in terms of like, I, I do think that he has gotten the most out of his, his teams the past few years. Um, they've been, the Titans in general have been running a little bit more, more pure in in, ter- in the luck category in terms of uh, third down conversions. Like just, just rates are higher than they should be. One that probably had a lot to do with AJ Brown, just being an outlier player, Derek Henry, being an outlier player, um, and Ryan Tannehill playing well. Um, so all that is to say that Derrick Henry Um, was getting by on uh, his offensive environment being very efficient, he himself being very efficient. And even if he still is an efficient runner and, like, taking souls like we know Derrick Henry does, but his team is not the same efficient team that it has been, um, he's going to struggle to keep pace with some of these ceiling backs. And I think that's kind of where I'm at with him. I think Derrick Henry's median projection is probably going to stay right around 15, 16, 17 points. Um, which is typical for like your elite running back, whereas his ceiling projection might not be 28, 29, 30 when it's I'm running the numbers, 21. um, yeah, yeah. Because he's not really in the past game. He's not going to have those touchdown opportunities that he he usually does, but it, I'll let the film guys, I'll let, I'll, I'll let people that uh, watch a little bit more of the games, uh, tell me if he's lost a step, um and you seem to be telling me that he's lost a step. Oh so. my
0: goodness. And like yes, the like that's that's part of it as well is that this Titans line has taken a hit. It took a hit in the offseason, it lost pieces and now it just lost Terrell Lewan for I believe he's out for the season. Uh their tackle, there's feared to be. So that's that's a huge loss. And if anybody watched Monday, yes, the Bills were swarming to the ball, but how many tackles do you think he broke on those 13 carries? Derrick Henry, monster of a man. mm mm-hmm. Mhm do you want to take yeah. guess Nick it's zero it's zero he broke zero tackles it's he it looked it as well I'm sorry he looks slow he looks like he can't get to the hole and with this line yeah. being as bad as it is I I am really concerned so
1: mm-hmm.
0: I I've been telling everyone that it's okay op- like I'm I'm ready to shop I really am because I don't want a player that I'm at all concerned about if I don't know if he's a if I'm not confident that he is here as a talent and he won't get passing work on a team that I think is going to be bad. I don't think the Titans figure it out this year. I – there's no – this is it. like And then it's a crater as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, like imagine Derrick Henry in February if we're talking about Dynasty. Oh, my goodness.
1: Do you want could, Derrick Henry or James Conner the rest of the way? James Conner. James Conner.
0: James Conner right. can get in the end zone. That's, that's okay. what it comes down to. I think it's a good All comp right. in a way, but – James Conner is a greater chance of scoring. That's, so, that's what it comes uh,
1: down to. I mean, you can probably go out and get uh Derrick Henry for James Conner plus, plus. Done yeah, pretty easily. I don't I don't hate that. Um I would I would be asking for a, a pretty solid uh, depth piece or like flex play. Trail burks conner. Let's go James Conner, and and Burks. I All right. Do that deal. All right. That I, I be, actually like yeah. this I like Thank this you. next topic a lot. Um because this is an interesting situation. Um, the Jets wide receiver situation. Um, tell me about, uh, obviously, um, Elijah Moore did okay. Week one, Garrett Wilson was on the milk carton, nowhere to be found. Um, week two, Garrett Wilson just can't, can't stay out of the end zone. Absolutely blows up. He's the number one waiver ad in every article you read this week. Um, Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore rest of season who you got?
0: Okay, so there's so much that's going to change here when Zach Wilson comes back. And that's why I do think it's still Elijah Moore. Um, I think Elijah Moore is a great talent. I think he's the only one who's really played with Zach Wilson as well. I think that matters more than we're really making it out to be. Um, I don't know when we're going to see Zach Wilson back. I think it, it's supposed to be two weeks, supposed to be after week four. But we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully he's back. They're, Flacco's right in high for him right now. I think they could easily write him out. And while Flacco's out there, fine playing – oh, my – what's it called? Um, I'm fine playing Garrett Wilson. uh, BC's – like this is something – I talked to Burks all offseason. Love Burks. Garrett Wilson was right there with him. He was the 1B to my Burks 1A. A lot of people had that order reversed, if not just confident, 1. Garrett Wilson is just like he's a really good player, but he's still on an offense that's not going to drop 31 points or run 70 plus plays. They ran 70 plus plays this past weekend. That's not going to happen every week.
1: It's a great point.
0: Yeah. It's a great point. That's it's really important. And I think the guy ironically while it's Joe Flacco, the one I feel most comfortable playing is Corey Davis. I think he's the guy who's shown the most rapport with uh, he's shown the most rapport with uh what's it called? With
1: Joe, Joe Flacco. Flacco.
0: Thank you. And he's going to be on the field because he's a good blocker, he's a good fit in the scheme and Better, best yet, he's a good player. So, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it's a little bit of roulette with the Jets, but I, I, I would play Corey Davis this week. I, I guess the Bengals, I, I feel good about that.
1: Wow. I was not expecting an, an Elijah Moore versus Garrett Wilson <laughs> question. That you would go with Corey Davis. Um, but I, I mean, Corey Davis is, is not like ancient. He's a oh. established NFL wide receiver. Um, he kind of has a, a very specific, contract. <laughs> yeah, he has a very like specific way that he, wins um and it's it's like it's like a weird like alpha light you know what i mean like he'll go up and like alpha somebody but he doesn't do a lot of this the like intermediate stuff like he's just to go up and get it wide receiver I think coming into yeah yeah yeah. i think coming into the season i think they were because he went really high in the draft uh like top top 10 um and i think like you go top 10 you expect to win all over the field but um i'm already making too many player takes but I think you, you highlighted an interesting thing with like a lot of people want to assign like Joe Flacco to certain wide receivers and Zach Wilson to certain wide receivers. And it does seem that they have their favorites, but in general, the quarterback situation in, uh, in New York is so bad that I don't think that they are necessarily good enough to like have their guy. You know what I mean? I think they're just kind of, it's a little frantic, like find whoever's open. Right. And, and whoever's going to be open is, is going to get the ball. Um, just because we need to keep things simple for these not so great quarterbacks. And my take on it, and it might be oversimplified is Garrett Wilson has the draft capital, um, over Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore was taken in this taken in the second round, um, two years ago and, and, uh, Garrett will, or a year ago. And Garrett Wilson was taken uh 10th overall in this year's draft. That's significant. Yes. Um, because when I'm like projecting like rookies coming into the league, like the the curve that I'm applying to that in terms of like projected fantasy points based off of draft capital alone, it's not linear. It's not like you get 10 points for a second round, 20 points for first round. It's like you get five points for the second round and and twenty-five points for the first. Like it's ex- it's an exponential growth curve. Like Second to first round, and then like late first round to beginning first round is such a massive difference in the type of player that you you have the potential to be. And I typically like I just need to see it once from a guy like Garrett Wilson, and I'm I'm all over um, I'm all over him spending fab on him starting him. Um, it's going to be frustrating, but um, I'm hopefully you've built a team in a way where you can survive a down week from a from a Jets wide receiver. If you didn't, you probably drafted wrong um if Garrett Wilson's my wide receiver three-year flex like I'm starting him if I'm depending on him to be a wide receiver too I'm probably looking elsewhere but that's kind of the way I play it and um yeah I'm yeah. Garrett Wilson over Elijah
0: Moore. Garrett Wilson believe it or not has is tied for the most amount of red zone targets in the league right now with Jamar Chase that's five that's the stat that I asked him all my friends not a single one of them even thought that would be possible or in the running. That's that's real and that's good value. Those are the valuable targets. The one thing I'll, I'll throw out before we answer uh, Assassin's question down here, it's this situation with New York. If Zach Wilson is the guy, I don't think either of us really project him as that. But if Zach Wilson is the guy, the ceiling, New York man, the Jets could all of a sudden they're this is a playoff roster. If Zach yeah. Wilson is act is a good quarterback, that's well. I do want. To, I'm saying the weapons are unbelievable in that on that team.
1: My grandmother always says to me, if 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 ifs and buts were candies mm. and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Um, Zach Wilson, unfortunately, is not the guy. Um, I don't know that you can I don't know that you can play Zach Wilson over Joe Flacco when he comes back. They will, they have to. Um, but he's just not that guy. I'm he's more not so that saying now.
0: for the future. It's gonna be a weird offseason, especially if that's not.
1: We have a question in here should I
0: panic and trade DJ Moore in full PPR?
1: My, my opinion on it, it's two weeks. I, I, I'm personally, am not making any rash decisions until I see four weeks of data. Um, and there's, there's a uh, pretty good, uh, evidence that if, if a player is not meeting ADP by week four and it's like significant enough, then it's, it's probably likely that it's likely that the ADP might've been wrong on him. So DJ Moore went in the four and around four round five, depending on what platform you're on. Um, he's not performing to that level. I, I, if he's still kind of struggling and in this offense in Carolina, doesn't look like it's going to be a great fantasy football offense outside of a few players like Christian McCaffrey, I think will eventually get going. Um, I think if, if that's the case at week four, you, you trade him. Um, who I'm trying to trade DJ Moore for, I'd probably see if I could get one of these rookies that hasn't quite popped yet, but still getting good usage, like a Traylon Burks. Yes, sir. That was uncanny. Um, so like, that would be a good one. And then because you can always get Traylon Burks who might just end up out performing for him rest of season, just period. And then you could probably have him throw in a depth piece for you. Like uh, I don't know. I always like trying like, Hey, throw in nine Hines while you're at it, you know, like while we're, while we're here, you know, that type of thing. Um, so hopefully that was helpful assassin. It's a good question. Um, a lot of people are pressing the panic button on DJ Moore. Uh, a lot of people are pressing the panic button on Tampa Bay. Um, I feel really bad for Tom Brady. I really, I was hoping that this was his year after a lot of a a tough career he's had, but Tampa Bay, um, I'll just start off by saying they're playing differently. And a lot of people want to say it's because Tom Brady's arms going, but that doesn't seem to be what people see on the tape. Um, it's mostly just because he has no wide receivers. Um, and uh, what I mean by it is their pass rate over expectation is uh, it's uh, basically they're throwing the ball less than they should. It's a low. It's below the average. Um, so what are you seeing out of Tampa Bay? And I guess, like, how are you thinking about them moving forward?
0: I mean, I, I was anticipating Julio practicing today, which he did not. I'm hoping he gets back tomorrow. The injuries are a big deal. Um, Mike Evans obviously not going to be there this week. That's suspension related. But Chris Godwin is now a – he was a re-injury risk that I, I, I've i been hands off of this offseason because of that, uh, especially guys coming off those ACLs and just overcompensate elsewhere. Um, we touched on that last week, I think. So they bring in Cole Beasley, and wow, this is just a suddenly very different Tampa Bay team. And Tom Brady does not look great. He's not throwing downfield. I think he's only completed eight or so. He's like bottom five in yards, uh, in a 10-plus yard, completions downfield and that's those are again we talked about before with the red zone targets those are the valuable targets so so that's what you want we want downfield looks and it's a two-week sample size there's a new offensive line it's a new coach we have a rotating receivers through just two weeks i think tampa settles down i think it figures itself out it just i think it's still going to be a little bit of growing pains until they get that unit back out there they need mike evans back out there they, they just lost to Keem Hicks on the defensive line as well. It's it's kind of a mess in Tampa, but I do think – I think they'll still figure it out. Especially – Brady also missed – you know, he missed 11 days. He just took off in August that he never takes off. All, Brady does not take days off. Yeah. So a slow start. It, there's a lot of reasons to suggest that it's understandable at least.
1: So, like, my take on it is, like uh... – I saw like some good stats, like time to throw stats and, um, air yard stats about Tom Brady in terms of he's getting the ball out really quickly and, and he's still pushing it downfield. Um, which is, that's good news in terms of like his arm strength. It's pretty incredible because like when you're 45 years old, like a typical 45 year old, like has a significant like reduction in core strength, which is like, that's the number one thing. Like arm strength is also part of it, but, um, like I said, I, I do have a science degree, but I'm not a medical doctor. So, I'm again, I'm already talking above my head. But it's just impressive what he's doing. And I agree with you. I do think that this situation will kind of even itself out. Um, They'll get some players back on the field. I think moving forward, I am worried about the offensive line. Um, Like, really worried about the offensive line. But it's Brady. He'll find a way. Um, and he's getting the ball out quickly, which kind of takes the offensive line out of it a little bit. So... There, there's going to be a week I'm, – I'm hoping I'll, I'm a week early on, on Tampa Bay in terms of, like, DFS. Um, I'll, I'll continue stacking them because the optimizers still like them. They still project well. Um, but not so much if if their wide receiver cores all hurt or suspended or whatever's going on with them. Let's talk a little bit about tonight's game. Uh, we got our own Steelers uh, at traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Um, and that weird thing they had in the middle of their field, that elf um, – yeah, I don't what know a, what that was. What a weird franchise, man. It's just, <laughs> I wish we had relegation. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, tonight's game. Just, just hit these quick hitters for the people, and then we'll uh, have a couple takes, uh, maybe a rant, and get out of here.
0: Sure. The Steelers five and one against the spread in the last six meetings with the Browns. A lot has changed uh, since then. Obviously, under center for both teams, Jacoby Brissett instead of Baker Mayfield, and Mitch Trubisky instead of Ben Roethlisberger. That's that's significant. Um, so I'm not putting too much stock in historic numbers with this type of game. I do think it's going to be low scoring. The over/unders at 30.5, and a half, and I still think it'd be under that. Um, but it, both teams coming off disappointing losses: Steelers with uh, the Patriots and Browns losing a heartbreaker. The Browns, I don't know if you saw this on Wednesday. I think I think it was Wednesday. Uh, maybe it was Tuesday. They held a players-only meeting. Uh, no, to fancy anything. They uh, always they,
1: good always good after week two to after have a week players two only meeting. i
0: mean they collapsed against the jets so how they respond this week is just interesting to watch as a football fan let alone anything mm-hmm. else um i don't feel confident in anyone in this game i actually have an interesting yeah. situation nick i'll run it by you since it has chase claypool in it uh chase claypool i could play him right now i'm probably an underdog in this matchup or i could risk try to play judy and if he doesn't play i could pivot to cole beasley uh Cole Beasley, Tyler Conklin, Nico Collins. Real dark rose
1: I think I'm playing Claypool.
0: That's typically I'm where I'm at football. as well. And and th- I I, I it, it, so what's your expe- expectations for Chase Claypool tonight? Because I it's it's weird. He's getting the snaps, as is George Bickens, as is Deontay Johnson. But the ceiling's so low when this offense is throwing yeah. the ball five yards down the field.
1: Yeah, so I think um if you want to grab your coat and take a walk down narrative street with me, um, I see the game playing that. out like this today. I think you're going to see a lot of three wide receiver sets. They're going to push Mitch to, to push the ball downfield and into the middle of the field, which he has just been basically throwing these lasers to, uh, to the sideline, just to, just praying that it doesn't get picked off. He does not look good. Um, I think this is a big uh, audition for, for Trubisky or, or rather the end of his audition. Um, cause I, I think that if he struggles tonight, um, in a pass heavy game plan on the road. Um, one will probably be trailing and need to score fast. Um, just because I don't think we're as good as the Browns right now, even with Jacoby Brissett, sorry. Um, I think that, I think there'll be enough to go around and Claypool will be a big part of that. I, I do think that he'll be the number two. I think they'll scheme some runs to him. You didn't really see it last week. Wasn't really part of the game plan. Like it was week one. Um, but yeah, I think Deontay go, can go can, – I think everybody can get there um, because, again, the Steelers are on the road. Divisional game, first of the year, it could get weird. Um, I'm definitely playing Bateman Assassin in the flex um, this week um, just because uh, Judy uh, – he's injured, he might not even play. Um, keep an eye on that, but even if Judy's fully healthy, I, I just think Bateman's going to see his usage uh, continue to rise, and he's a really good player.
0: Judy also has uh, San Fran, which is not a very friendly matchup. As much as I am a Judy guy, and I do think that it works out this year for him as week one showcased, you know, hoping to build off of that, I, I, I would try to avoid him this week, whether he plays or not. And you know, I, I didn't see if, if he played today, if he practiced today, but I know he didn't practice Wednesday. Uh, still dealing with that rib injury. So we'll see whether he even gets out there against San Fran. Uh, but tonight, I do like Deontay Johnson. I like his lines. I think this i think this brown secondary is exploitable and joe woods has been struggling as their defensive coordinator back there so it's i i think there are spark plays that you could see from each of these uh at the steel the only way the steelers come away with this game is if making making Fitzpatrick continues what he's doing which he is currently yeah. i think he's forcing a 35 uh passer uh passer rating when targeted which is it's if you throw it into the ground it's it's worse than if you or it's better than if you target make fitzpatrick that's what he's currently Yeah, at least you will not get
1: worst. intercepted if you uh if you throw it at the ground that's a exactly. good point so it's an um,
0: unsustainable
1: have, level but yeah yeah i i agree with you i i do think you, you want to play claypool but there, again narrative street george pickens was uh quoted saying i'm open 99 percent of the time and i'm not he's getting not, the ball but <laughs> Mitch Trubisky said after the last press conference that he knows that he needs to do something differently and that's get George Pickens the ball. Um, So I I think you, you hit a lot of the points. Um, I'll give the people a little bit of taste that the optimal lineup that I run based on 10 projection sources, it's been winning at like a 66% rate and head to heads. Um, We got Mitch Trubisky in the captain spot um, and then you figure it out from there. So um, let's get out of here. Mike Sicoli. Uh, make sure you check them out at IDP guys, uh, check them out on Twitter at Michael underscore underscore Sikoli. I'd tell you to follow me, but I don't really tweet anymore. So, um, I'm too busy running the numbers. Um, I have some content over at gridironai.com. You can check it out there. Um, or you can check out, um, what I am posting on social media. It's on Instagram now under the handle gridiron.ai. Um, check it out all kinds of promo codes and stuff, link in bio, all that fun stuff to get some, uh, Free access to betting models, stuff that's done really well and, and is backed up by math, um, which I mean, take it for what it's worth. But uh, yeah, so GridironAI.com, uh, Instagram GridironAI. Um, anything to say to the people before we get out of here, Mike?
0: No, uh, nothing, nothing else to add. I think George Pickens gets his touchdown tonight. That's all I'll say. Plus five fifty, anytime touchdown score.
1: Um, if he scores a touchdown tonight, I will be um, on Broad Street barking like a dog. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.